Welcome to the Sooner Catholic Podcast. This is Alex Sanchez, and I'm joined by Trevor Brecca. And we are uh, the podcast host, guys. And this is our second episode back in this. I don't know. You call it a season? Are we in a new season? I guess oh, we're so. in a new season. Uh, fall's coming up. The leaves are starting to change, and uh, no, <laughs> I mean, yeah, technically we're in the third season now. We had first season, which was you know, <laughs> Matt era. Second season, which was the duo, and then now third season, which is the duo resurrected. Yeah. So. Okay. And I think I think that we're gonna get some people on the podcast too. What do you think? This. Yeah. This time absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. think that's the goal. Have you ever had cheese at duos? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yes. And, and yes, <laughs> I, I have. I was gonna ask if we were. A duo. Have you ever had Pringles? No, but that's not I'm, the duo. Anyway, I've had. Yes, I've had Pringles. Um, <laughs> oh tingle. my gosh! But yeah, we're back. Back by popular demand, as we said in the in the phrase. And I had one student come up to me and say, "What is popular demand? Is that is that two people? And were they really demanding it, or were they just kind of you know oh saying like gosh. we we kind of missed y'all? Like it's so sad. So I think um, Trevor and I were just looking for an excuse to to bring this back. And but we are we are happy to do it. It's good for us. Good for our heart. Good for our friendship. And yeah, we're just we're happy to to dive deeper into what we talk about on Wednesdays and what we get to hear. So let's do it without further ado. Trevor, what did you think uh, about the speaker last night? Uh, I think he's about six four, a little overweight. Uh, <laughs> trying to you know, no, I mean yeah, last night was great. Um, I I was particularly grace just to I always like am encouraged whenever someone shares something particular that that was gift, a gift to them, right? If you give a talk or even like leading a Bible study or whatever, whenever you have an opportunity to hear a particular grace from someone of like what, what it was that God kind of, you know, used those words or that image or whatever for, for them. Um, I think it's always encouraging because it makes you feel like, yeah, like this, this thing that I didn't know. And it's always like the, the part that is mysterious about it that not to tease the, the talk is that you never know, like you don't know, you know, when you're, you know, saying, and this applies to all life, really. Like when you're saying hi to someone, when you're, you know, starting a conversation with someone in the, in the, in the line at the grocery store, like you don't know what will come from that. And I think there's something really beautiful whenever you get to sometimes when people or God allows you to see just a small snippet of that. So yeah, it was cool. And, and really it was just the fruit of a lot of prayer I've had um, for me about feeling like isolated from God or I, I particularly, I think just feeling like yeah, like I'm just kind of in the same place that I've always been, you know. And so it was a grace to feel, um, in a sense, like a window out of that perspective this week to be like, man, my God really does draw near to me right now. Like it's not like a, you know, when I fix this or when I get over the home. Now, we could talk a lot about growing in virtue and, you know, um, rooting out sin and, and how those help us to become more aware of that presence in us and allow God to have more control because that's a real thing. But I think like, yeah, that was just something that um, was so beautiful for me to pray with. So I hope it was for others too. But yeah, what do you think? Or, yeah, or so takeaways you might say. So good. Yeah, I was I was telling you a little bit right before the the podcast started that one thing that really stuck out to me was that um, it's just like the element of mystery, which I thought I just really really appreciated that of of just drawing the attention to yeah that we we are all drawn into mystery into something that we can yeah get 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 lost in and wandering and, and, and wondering how things are and, and uh, meditating and reflecting on like how can this be what does this mean uh, what does this lead to and like we get we can get like get lost in the journey in a good way and kind of get like immersed in it and I feel like um, like last night's talk was really good because it, it did that it was like uh, the reality of Jesus's presence in me and in my heart and in my life and in every person is such a mystery 
And not only does it like fuel prayer and like, Lord, what does this mean for me that you're present to me right now? But it also fuels like relationships and encounters of, Lord, what does it mean that the, the person that I'm, um, you know, in front of, that, that they have your presence in them, like that you are with them and in them. Um, so it just kind of, uh, I think, reframes like a lot of things for me too of what it means to be present with another person, like people's dignity and, and worth and um, evangelization. I think it just brings up a lot of different topics for me too. Um, but I definitely, I loved the element of mystery because yeah, that's why that's probably why I do like love to maybe drag things out a little bit and like, you know, what, what do you think it is? What do you think it is? It's because I, I, I want, I, I want people to get, you know, lost in, in the mystery. So that was really good for me. But, um, what, yeah, I, well, I was to say, I think the mystery thing too, the reason that was so standing out to me, that word from the Col- the verse, the verse was Colossians, uh, 1, 26 through 27. And when he says, you know, this is the mystery hidden from all ages, revealed now to the saints, Christ in you. I think the word mystery was just really hitting me just because, again, it is something that's so mundane. Um, and not It's not mundane, but it when you hear something so many times in your life, it feels mundane, right? Like, And I can feel this is even true, right? People will talk about this in the context of like a spouse, like saying, like, I love you. You know, you're like, okay, I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. But when you stop and pause, you know, in moments in your marriage and you see, whoa, like there's something really profound about this love that's like, you know, my, my, I've given my whole life to you, you know, and, and, and so there's something really profound about a words, you know, three words I exchanged with that person, obviously that person is my wife, Mackenzie, but, you know, for, for the hypothetical situation, um, that there's something the same when we talk about like Christ dwelling inside of us. Yes, it's profound, but we often encounter it in the ordinary things of life, which is good. Um, that's a part of the way the Lord described it, but I think it's important to sometimes step back and be like, whoa, like that's nuts, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a crazy thing to say that God who made the world lives inside and not kind of in like a you know like a pantheistic way of like well you know God's in the rock and he's in like the tree and all this thing it's like no like he in his divinity dwells his divinity dwells inside of me um I don't think I got a chance to share this quote last night but it's the quote from St. Athanasius um one of the church fathers who says you know um, God became man so that man might become God uh, little g on the second one um, to emphasize, you know, not complete equality in the sense, but there, there's this mystery there that's like God invites us into his life. And yeah, I think when we talk about um, Jesus living inside of us, that's kind of a, this, another way of expressing that mystery. Um, so yeah, I don't know. What, what are other things that you feel like are ordinary? Um, like, I guess, like, kind of digging into that part, like, why is it sometimes that things that are so um, beautiful can just become so ordinary and we just lose sight of the mystery of them? Yeah. Like, how do we get stuck in that rut of just kind of, like, feeling like everything's just another detail? Yeah, I had a um, I had a teammate that would, like, at one point he would talk a lot about deja vu, but then he'd turn around and say boujade. I don't even know if that's something that people say, but he would say, right, so, like, deja vu is, like, uh, gosh, I've experienced this before. I, you know, I've definitely had this happen like before. And but he he called Vuja Day like the experience of, um, like having experienced something a thousand times, but the feeling like it's happening for the first time. Um, I really like that. Yeah, I really like that too. Yeah, I know. I don't know if it's a real thing or not, but that also got to me. But it, it's like that same principle of of um, like having my heart or my eyes or my ears open to receive something that I haven't yet. Because maybe there's a lot of exposure to something, a lot of experiences in something, but there's not like a lot of receptivity, right? Like the, there's something that maybe has moved or shifted in my heart or my mind that allows me to really receive it for what it is. Um, I think that's something that 
yeah, it kind of happened last night, and I think in a in a way in my heart too, of like, okay, Jesus, I know that you're you're present with me and to me, but it, it made these like other quotes from saints and others experiences from saints and scripture like a little bit more tangible so like um yeah one that came to mind was like saint augustine he talks about like um it's like oh beauty ever ancient ever new like late have i loved you he talks about he says um, you were within me and and i was outside and there i searched for you and it's like this this yeah. that, that yeah. same thing of like i've searched the world and all of its gifts um for the gift giver and i've just been lost in it yeah and um I don't know, there's something about that too of like, I, I have those moments in daily life all the time where I'm just in the daily grind with work and school and things like that. And then these moments where I'm just like sitting in the living room and I just like have like one of those aha moments or those, those um, yeah, there's like eye-opening moments of like, man, it's always been about actually what's here, like, the, like my family and the love that's here and the care that I want to provide and the love I want to receive from my family and um, so even though I'm there day in day out, like there's just sometimes like these moments of grace that shift my heart to really receive the moment and to see it, yes. to have eyes of faith to see it. Um, I feel like that's one of those things that happened with like Christ's presence in us. Like it can become mundane because there's a lot of exposure, but there's not a lot of receptivity. That's a great way of yeah. A lot of exposure, not a lot of receptivity. Like we know this is true, but we don't like we haven't really we don't enter into the mystery. We don't like allow it to be something. And I, I think that's why, because a lot of this came from me. I'm reading this book, which I didn't, I didn't actually quote the book last night, so you guys can are welcome um, <laughs> that Trevor didn't pull out a book again. But I'm reading this book called The Power of Silence by um, Cardinal Seurat. Did I talk about this last week in the podcast? No. Okay. So I've been reading this book. And in that book, one of the, th- the concepts that he talks about is this idea of like silence is something that every soul craves, one. But two – what he really points out is like, he says, every man who goes looking um, for a monastery, right? He says is seeking silence, but what he seeks is already inside of himself. Mm-hmm. And so this, it's not an anti-monastery um, take because he actually, the whole foreword is about how his mo- his visit to a Carthusian monastery, like moved him so deeply to understand the power of silence, which made him re- write the book. But he's saying like, what we seek when we seek silence is really we're seeking God inside of us. What's already there that we just, in the, in the busyness and noise of the world, we like are not able to enter into that mystery, this mystery of Christ in us. And so, but then he says right after that, he says, it's not that you need to. He's like, he, he basically says like the modern world is constructed against this fundamentally. It's, it's noisy, it's busy, it's active. He's like, so it's, it's hard, right? He even calls them, uh, he says like <laughs> against these infernal machines. He has all these, you know, phrases. But he says they've lost because in the midst of all these things, yet it is that we can still find silence and in that find God um, inside of us. And so, yeah, the reason that was just kind of striking to me so much is I'm like, I've been praying a lot about, and if you know uh, me, you know this is something I've been trying to grow in, which is just cultivating um, a disposition of presence to God in the little moments of my life, like not just being distracted always. And... It's hard because distraction is like the natural response when we feel triggered or, you know, when we feel anxious, when we feel all these things. And so it's so easy to just go into like these things I know will at least numb it, if not fix it, you know. Um, And again, for me, it's not like hard drugs or something like that at the time. Um, You know, maybe I have times in my past it wasn't hard drugs, but I had things that were more serious, but it's still like little or it's it's the same response, just a less, I guess, addictive or I guess like mortally sinful (laughs) thing that I'm doing. Um, and so I've been trying to read this and reading that book, like that quote, when he's talking about like 
yeah, in silence, we, we actually come to encounter God who lives inside of us. It just kind of clicked for me because I'm like, man, it's not like if I find this, all of a sudden externally now, like I'm able to see God more around me. That's true. But what was like, I guess the, the thing that really was just hitting me is like, if if I just recognize that God is fully present when I'm everywhere that I am in my in my heart, like he's, he's there, all of him, um, then it makes it like when I'm in that moment of silence where I know what I'm choosing against, you know, more fundamentally. Like if I choose to, to go back to distraction and all these things, like I, I know it, it feels more of like a, a clear call of like what I'm what I'm rejecting. I don't know if that makes any sense, but that was like when I was reading that book, um, it, it's just made it so clear to me that like the choice to be distracted or to be anxious or hurried or to not be kind of attentive um, is a definitive choice against God in the moment. And it's not, this is not me condemning it because I know that God has mercy on me and loves me in it. Um, but that he, because he loves me, right, he's like inviting me to kind of be more present to him. But because he loves me, he won't overwhelm me with that presence. So he's inviting me, you know, to kind of like choose this silence so that he can come close. Mm-hmm. I don't, does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does because um, it makes me think of like how Jesus is in like in in nature and in relationship is um, yeah it's like he's not forceful like he he respects our um, our freedom and our ability to choose it's a gift from him that he also like he never forces himself into our life or um, shames us into relationship but it's always like a, a free invitation um, and just like seeing it again and again in scripture the way that he encounters people. He just like asked him like, "What do you seek?" And so it's like it's like in the silence that we have like the that same, yeah, invitation of like, "What do you seek?" Um, and it's the ability to to just respond in in silence of like, "You Lord, I want to spend time with you. I want to be attentive to you." But it's like so gentle and it's not like in our face, which is why like it loses to so often like the the distractions that are um, so loud and like in our face and easy to um, to be lost in. Um, it, it's so interesting. Uh, like if, like if you had watched like the, the Shia LaBeouf interview, he talks a lot about um, the the beauty of um, the beauty of like the relationship with Christ that he's been experiencing, and in the Mass is it's like this experience of full immersion of like he's like it's it's it, like um, it engages my senses like touch and sound and smell um, and like my imagination and and like my memories like it, it like it activates all of these different parts of me. And it's fully immersive, and he's like, I think that's what uh, I was like. I was always looking for in those in those different things, is like that immersion. And I feel like it's the same thing. It's like it's the reason that silence is so hard um, is because it feels um, at the beginning like the opposite of immersion. Like it feels like all of my senses are in different places. Like my mm-hmm. my my body's sitting down, but my my mind is wandering to all the tasks I need to be doing. But then I, my feelings like I feel bad that I'm distracted but then I feel anxious that I'm not getting things done. Or then I start to imagine um, some something in the scripture and I start to imagine something totally unrelated that's just a distraction. Yeah. And so sometimes it feels like in silence it's the opposite of immersion. It's like I feel like it's so unnatural. But I think that um, I read like a, actually a children's version to my kids of like the interior castle um, and talked about how like the the first the first castle the first place is like the is a place of like darkness, and it's always like in in um, in persevering through like the through a dryness through a darkness um, that there is like a, an eventual deeper encounter with the Lord, 
it's the same thing too. I, I struggle with, with that. It's like the moment I sit down with prayer, like if I become like uh, really anxious or start thinking about all things I need to do, or I'm like, I should do this or this or this. And, I, and I'm actually um, like not being silent. I'm like not allowing myself to be immersed. But then I remember like, okay, like my imagination is, is part of like my faculties that God's given me. Like I, I want to imagine something. Like I want to imagine being in a field with God um, or my, my, my memories are a faculty he's given me. So I want to remember a talk from yesterday and how it moves me um, or my feelings are, Lord, I feel anxious. I want to bring that to you. Like I want you to speak into that. And so like, I think part of the invitation of like prayer and silence is, is immersion. It just doesn't feel like that at the beginning. Um, yeah. but I think that's something that comes to mind too. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I, I think this is why a lot of people struggle you know, because like I, I, I know in myself, sometimes I feel easier to enter into prayer when I'm listening to like praise yes, and worship music totally. or like stuff like that. And it's not like that's not a knock. It's like those those forms of prayer are good. Yeah. And even like I think that silence is not necessarily about noise. Um, he actually points this out in the book when he talks about the power. Of silence. He says it's not necessarily about, you know, like having an external noiseless place. It's about like there being kind of an att- again, this attentiveness to Christ dwelling within me. And so that can take place in a lot of different formats, right? Um, right? And sometimes it is with, you know, music or, or whatever. But I think fundamentally it's like if also I can't kind of be noiseless in prayer, then there's, there's just going to be, like you said, a block at some level of me being able to fully encounter the Lord. And I think, um, yeah, we, ju- we just have to strive, like you said, in that dark place sometimes to kind of allow the Lord to, to reveal his light to us. Um, St. John of the Cross uses beautiful imagery of this when he's like, you know, um, speaking – in the spiritual canticles and describing um, what we call like the dark night of the soul. Um, but he talks about how like the whole notion of, of light is that like the darker a place is, the more your eyes are like almost like the more light becomes like beautiful and oh, radiant yeah. to you. And so there's a certain way in which the Lord does this in the soul. Whereas we dedicate ourselves to prayer and like shut ourselves out and then try to grow in virtue and things like that. They can often be dark in order that the light of God might penetrate more fully. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I was going to say, and this is maybe a practical thing to leave y'all with, is that in the context of um, growing in, in the disposition of being able to enter into silence, so that, I, that I recognize Christ is in me, um, it's important to pray. That <laughs> goes without saying. But I think a lot of times, again, we think there's like an on-off switch where it's like, all right, now I'm going to turn my prayer button on, and then I'm going to leave the chapel, and I'm going to turn it off. Um, but the invitation of the Lord is to be living out of this place of, you know, as St. Paul will say, praying unceasingly. And so I guess what I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the practical challenge with that is like it's hard to have a space where you're particularly attentive to God if you're not if you're leading a life that's mostly distracted. Right. Like um, I read this really great book called Deep Work by Cal Newport, who's like a, he teaches at MIT he's a professor and his whole he's he's approaching it from like a productivity standpoint, like just talking about, you know, getting work done. But his whole thing is he's like, yeah, for me to reach my phase where my mind's able to enter into deep work, which is like creative and critical thinking on like new projects. Mm-hmm. It's like I have to also cultivate a life where I'm not always distracted outside of that time because then when I get that time, I'm not right. able to like detach. So I think there's a similar lesson for us in prayer. Like, yes, we should be praying always, and that's a good thing. And we also need to have a particular time for prayer. But I think there's a cor- there's a greater correlation than we might think between our, our chunk of however long it is, of like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour of prayer that we get in a day. There's a big correlation between that and also the way we live our life in between that. Um, and so I don't know if that makes sense, but I think that's a practical thing in terms of like 
growing to feel like our, our prayer is more, more fruitful, we can encounter God, we can hear silence, is like, yeah, not letting only the time we go to the chapel or, you know, mm-hmm. or in our room or driving in the car praying, not letting that be the only time that's silent, but like seeking to find those little moments throughout the day. Yeah. So Prayer is is and can be as fruitful as our time spent outside of it. Like it, what we do outside of our prayer time dramatically affects our, our time of prayer. Come on. It's so good. Okay, boys and girls, that's another week under <laughs> our belt. And uh, we were happy to be here. And we will see you next week on the podcast. Goodbye. Welcome to the Sooner Catholic Podcast. Uh, this week we are um, we are the same people as we were last week. Um, I would say I'm a changed man. Oh, you're right. Can I do that, can I do that again? No, this is a real <laughs> intro. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can, do right. it. you can do it again. We, do it. One take Sanchez is what he used to call me. All right. In what context would you be called <laughs> one take Sanchez? All right, Frank, we can just keep going. I just reset the timer, but we'll just keep going. Uh, okay, here we go, Sam. You, you know what to do, the podcast pro. But here we go. Three, two, one. Okay, we got to pause. Uh, my man knocked out his audio. <laughs>